This is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. Today, I was planning to continue the series I've been doing on the fruits of the Spirit, but given all of the madness and all of the things that have been going on in the world today regarding coronavirus or COVID-19, I want to look at what this means for Christians. This, this is quite a serious issue for the whole world. And I think the Christian response needs to be understood and needs to be considered and what the Bible says about it. So in overview, what I'm going to talk about today is coronavirus or COVID-19. It's a pestilence that has instilled great fear and panic across the world as it spreads from place to place. Governments are attempting to control and stop this disease. And we need to listen to the expert advice that, uh, that we're being given. But why has this occurred and what should the response be from Christians? There are messages in the Bible that deal directly with these issues and we'll look at what this means for Christians everywhere. So my objectives today are firstly to understand why this is happening from a Bible perspective. Secondly, to recognise the protections that the Lord has for his people. Third, to understand how we should act and behave during this crisis as Christians. And finally, to understand what we should do regarding this and other disasters are taking place. And we have to understand that there are a great many disasters have taken place this year. Here in Australia, where I live, so far we've had unprecedented bushfires, we've had unprecedented floods, we've had this coronavirus, we've had economic issues, and we're only two and a half months into 2020 and we've seen all of these things happen. Now, the thing is, this isn't unusual. We need to expect that these things are going to happen. And the reason why is because Scripture tells us that we will go through a great many disasters. And so the first Scripture I want to look at is just to put this into perspective from the Scripture. And I'm reading Luke chapter 21, verses 8 to 13. And he said, Take heed that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for this must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be a time for you to bear testimony. Now, here we see in these words of uh, Luke, where he's uh, quoting Jesus, we see that this is a time for testimony. We see that he's saying, don't be led astray. So when the world is going through this great fear and great panic, don't be led astray. And he says, many will come saying, I am here and the time is at hand. And there will be people like that. And we've seen this in the past. But he goes on in verse 9. He says, when you hear wars and tumults, in one of the other um, gospels it talks about, you'll hear of wars and rumours of wars. He says, don't be terrified. So when you hear of these disasters, these are human-made disasters, don't be terrified. Don't get anxious about it. Because he goes on, he says, For this must first take place, but the end will not be at once. And then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Now, a little while ago, I'm going back to about July or August of last year, 2019, I did some research on this, on well, most of these issues that it's talking about here, plus a couple of others. 
to look at what's happening in the world as, uh, as far as these things are concerned. And what I discovered was that in terms of wars, there are more wars in the past century than there have ever been at any other point in time during history. Now, when you think about historical times and you think about the wars of medieval times and, you know, there were always kings fighting with other kings and, and you read about the wars in, uh, in the Bible even and you look at all those things, well, they have records of all of these different wars that have taken place. And right now, there are more wars in this last century, there have been more wars than at any other time in history. And in fact, at the time that I actually did the research in July, August of uh, 2019, there were at that point in time still 75 active wars being fought around the world. 75. Now, that's an awful lot. So there are certainly wars and rumours of wars in this time. Now, it goes on in Luke 21 in verse 11. He says, there will be great earthquakes. In that research, I had a look at the earthquakes, and the number of earthquakes is rising exponentially. And I only looked at earthquakes that were greater than uh, a magnitude of four on the Richter scale, and they have increased dramatically in intensity and in number uh, over the last uh, 100 years. It says, in various places, there'll be famines and pestilences, Pestilences are diseases, and this is what coronavirus is. Coronavirus, or COVID-19, is a pestilence. And there have been many, many other pestilences too. Now, when I did the research on pestilences, and, you, and I went back, I went back to things like, you know, the Black Plague in the medieval times and, uh, and all of the bubonic plagues and um, all of those sorts of things, the smallpox outbreaks and so on and so forth, and counted up all of the different plagues that have taken place. And what I saw was that in the 19th century, in the 1800s, there were a lot more diseases. It was the highest number of diseases. It had progressively grown and grown and grown and grown, so that in the 1800s, there were diseases everywhere. Oddly enough, in the 20th century, they went down quite significantly. They halved. And I believe the reason why is that was about the time that penicillin and all of the many other medications and antibiotics came into being. And... In that period, we actually saw a drop. But now, many of the bugs that we catch, many of the diseases, many of the bacterias and viruses and so on, they've grown immune to a lot of those antibiotics. And what I've seen in the 21st century, this is the last 20 years, is that so far there have been as many pestilent diseases in the world as what they were in the highest ever, which was in the 1800s, which is the 19th century. In the 1800s, um, it was the highest we'd ever seen. But now, in the year 2020, and we're only 20 years into the 21st century, we have had as many as what we had in that period of time. And this is quite dramatic. The Bible tells us that there will be famines and pestilences. And we're certainly seeing that now. And COVID-19 is just another one. And you think about the pestilences that we've had, all of the different flus. There's the influenza epidemic that spreads across the world just about every year. We've had swine flu. We've had the MERS flu. We've had SARS. We've had avian flu. We've had all these different pestilences. And that's apart from things like um, malaria and, uh, and some of the other diseases that have gone around the world. Uh, Ebola, I recall, from a number of years back. You know, there are many pestilences. And this one, COVID-19, or coronavirus, 
is just the next one in the series. And the reality of it is, because the Bible tells us that these things must take place, that's what it says, these things must take place, this isn't the end of it. Now, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just because these things are taking place, we don't need to be afraid. And as I continue on, uh, in verse 11 of Luke 21, it says, There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilences. There will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering up to synagogues and prisons, and you'll be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. For this will be a time for you to bear testimony. And this is where we are now. And we know that there have been many Christians persecuted around the world. In fact, uh, in the middle of last year or thereabouts, uh, there were a couple of articles. Uh, one came through the BBC, which is a reasonably reliable source, saying that Christians are the most persecuted group of people in the world. And we know that this is the case. And so, as it says, though, there in verse 13, this will be a time for you to bear testimony. And this is what we need to think about. We need to consider and understand that at this point in time, where everything else is going crazy, this is a time that we need to bear testimony. And so we see then in the next scripture, which I'm going to read, which is in Mark 13, and I'm reading from verse 28 down to 37, what we see is this. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, and when he's talking about this uh, earlier in this chapter of Mark, he's talking about those same things that I read in Luke 21. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, for you do not know when the time will come. And this is the important thing that we need to understand. We need to take heed of these things. We need to understand that these things are happening because he's told us they're going to happen. We've got to go through these things. There is no avoiding all of these wars and earthquakes and pestilences and so on. But he's saying, take heed, take heed, because this, these are the signs, the initial signs that are saying the Lord's coming soon. So take heed and watch because you do not know when the time will come. Verse 34 goes on. He says, it's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Now, this is the important thing. All of these signs, he's told us in advance 2,000 years ago what the signs will be of his return. And he's telling us to watch. So as Christians, we need to understand, from the biblical perspective, we need to understand we've got to watch these things. We've got to keep our eyes on these things and understand that this is the work of the Lord who is coming back. And these are the things that he said will happen before he comes back. So that's what's happening. What we're seeing now, we're seeing the precursors to him coming back. And in another version of this, it says these are just the birth pangs of the, uh, the things that are happening in the world before his arrival. Just as a woman goes through travail and goes through birth pangs before all the pains and things before she has a baby, 
this is what's happening. The world is going through these pains, these birth pains, of, like a travail, waiting for the Lord to arrive. Now, reading on, I'm reading in Luke chapter 21. I'm just reading one verse here, and it's verse 28, where it says, Now, when these things begin to take place, look up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Now, in Mark 13, he said, watch. And now he's saying, he's not saying to get caught up in the fear and panic of the world. They're all going, oh, woe is me, what's happening? They're in fear, they're trembling. They don't know what's going on. But what the Lord tells us, he says, when these things begin to take place, and we've seen them, they're beginning to take place, he's saying to look up and raise your heads. He's not saying fall down and dwell in the depths of misery. He's saying, look up, look up to the Lord, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And what that means is the Lord is coming back to redeem his people from this world so that they can live with him. Now, it's important that we understand a few other things too, particularly in relation to this COVID-19 or this uh, coronavirus, uh, in relation to what the impact is on the world and what the impact is on us. Now, I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 10 from verse 29 down to 31. And it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground without your father's will. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Now, here's the thing. We humans, and especially the people of the Lord, are of greater value to God than sparrows. Now, many of you will have heard the song, His Eyes on the Sparrow, and this is the verse that it comes from, His Eyes on the Sparrow, because not one of those sparrows will fall to the ground dead unless it is the will of God. And then he says, we are of vastly more value than sparrows. So none of us, especially us Christians, well, mainly us Christians, none of us are going to die from this coronavirus or COVID-19 or anything else. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever pestilences are yet to come that we don't even know about. We are not going to die unless or until it is the will of the Father. He will keep us. He will protect us. And I'm going to show you a scripture in a minute that says that. He will protect us for his purposes. And even if we do die, even if we do die, even if coronavirus gets a hold of you and you succumb to it, consider this. You'll be in a better place. You'll be with the Lord. There will be no sickness or disease or illness. So whether we live or whether we die, it doesn't matter. The Lord is in control. It's not going to happen unless it's the Father's will. Now, the next scripture actually is, it's a good one because it tells us about the protection that we have as Christians. And I'm reading from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. There was some present at that very time who told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered thus? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now here's a fascinating promise of the Lord. Because what he's saying here, he's saying, 
there are a bunch of Galileans that Pontius Pilate killed, and of course Pontius Pilate was a uh, a worshipper of um, pagan religions and pagan gods because he was a he was from Rome. And what the Lord is telling us here is he says, do you think those Galileans were any worse than anyone else because they had these blood sacrifices? Or the people who were killed when one of the towers uh, at the Pool of Siloam fell and fell on top of them? He says, do you think they were any worse than anyone else? He's saying, no, they weren't any worse than anyone else. So what happened to those people, the Galileans or the people at Siloam? They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. That was the problem. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time and they suffered the consequences of what happened. But in each case, he said, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And so what we see is in repentance, and in repentance we're talking about those who come to the Lord to repent and to learn his ways. In repentance, there is a protection in coming to the Lord, we have a protection that the rest of the people in the world don't have. So if one of the Lord's people had been there at Siloam when the tower fell, it's quite possible that the Lord would have allowed the stones to fall so it didn't hit them. Now, I can speak personally about the protection of the Lord from my own circumstances, because I had a situation many, many years ago, oh, it was over 40 years ago now, where myself and my wife went camping. And we were experienced campers. We always, we went away, we set up our, our tent and our, um, uh, our camp exactly the same way every time, because we did a lot. We, we used to love going camping, and we still do like going camping. And we always had this one way that we would set up the camp. We had two young children at the time, uh, under the age of two, and the two young children, um, we would take away our cots, and we'd let them sleep in the cots. Now, this one particular night, we went away camping to this place and we were going where uh, a couple of my in-laws were and we set our camp up. We arrived there. It was quite late in the day when we arrived because I had to go after work. We arrived there. We set our camp up and as we were doing it, we set the thing up. My wife put down, we used to have a mattress that we used to sleep on the floor and she put it down one way and I said, oh, no, look, turn it around the other way. So I grabbed it and I turned it around and pulled it over to the other side of the, uh, the tent that we were, we were using. And I said to her, I think the land's sloping a little bit. I think it'll be better if we put our heads up this way rather than the way that she had it. And then as we finished setting up camp, I scratched my head and I said to her, you know, we've done all this back to front. I said, we normally put the kids in the back of the tent and we go in the front of the tent so that we can come in and out of the tent without disturbing them when they're sleeping. And, you know, the turning around of the mattress and all this sort of stuff. And I said to her, look, it's getting late. It was about half past nine at night. And I said, let's not change anything. I said, we'll just leave it as it is and we'll fix it up tomorrow. So we went to bed about half past nine, ten o'clock. At midnight that night, a tree fell on us. And this tree dropped and it came right across us. Um, it was actually uh, a tree that was forked about seven or eight feet above the ground, a couple of metres above the ground, and one of the limbs fell off. And it was massive, this tree. It was 42 inches in diameter, which is, and it was a huge tree. It weighed, I don't know, 100 tonnes. And it fell right on top of us. Now, when it came down, uh, it fell on myself and my wife. If I had have left the mattress the way that it was originally uh, situated, the way my wife put it, 
it would have fallen across our heads and chests. As it was, it fell across our legs. If we had have put our two girls in the back of the tent rather than the front of the tent where we did that night, it would have fallen on them and killed them. As it was, it fell down and it was uh, suspended by what was remaining holding on to the trunk of the tree, about uh, six or eight feet. It was directly above our two girls, but it didn't fall on them. But if it had, they had been in the back of the tent, it would have killed them. Needless to say, it destroyed the tent. <laughs> anyway, these things all happened, and you could say, well, it was just a coincidence. But I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in the leading of the Lord. Because there are other things. I can't even recall it now. It was that long ago. There are other things that happened that particular night. And none of those things could have happened apart from the input and leading of the Lord. So I know that this scripture in Luke 13, verses 1 to 5, where it talks about, you know, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I know that that protection is there for the people of the Lord. And that's why I can confidently say, in relation to the coronavirus or COVID-19, there is a protection for the people of the Lord that doesn't exist for the people in the world. Because if, it ha if I hadn't have been a, a Christian, I do believe I would have set it up the way that I normally did, without the nudging of the Holy Spirit to make me do it back to front, and I would have died or my kids would have died. So that's important. Now, the next scripture I want to have a look at is over in Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, I'm reading verses uh, 12 and 13. It says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Now, I say this because there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be depressed and upset and concerned about this coronavirus. But the Lord's saying, firstly, in that previous scripture, he said, look up, look up to the Lord. And here, what he's saying is, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees. Don't be all, oh, woe is me. Come to the Lord and recognize that these things are happening and it's a good thing. I mean, the sickness isn't a good thing, but it's a good thing in that he has given us these signs to watch and to watch out for so that we know that he's coming back. So take courage in the fact that he is returning and his return is not far off might be a few years, but it's not far off because there are many things that have to happen. So don't allow yourself to be dragged down into depression or upset like the rest of the world is, not to be, not to fall prey to panic um, as is happening in much of the world. Lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees because these are the things that are necessary for us. The final scripture I want to have a look at is over in 1 Thessalonians. And I'm reading from verse 11 down to 14. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up as you are doing. And this is the important thing that I want everyone to take away from this. Be an encourager. Take encouragement knowing that these things had to happen and that they are heralding the return of the Lord. He's not far away. I'll read on verse 12. But we beseech you, brethren, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work, be at peace among yourselves. And we exhort you, brethren, admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And this is the important thing. At this point in time, we need to be doing what it says here in verse 14. Admonish the idlers. Don't let people be lazy. 
you know, if you're a Christian, don't be lazy yourself. Look for these things. Watch what's happening. Seek the things that are going on and understand them. Encourage the faint-hearted. Well, there are many people who are going to be faint-hearted in this time. There are many people who are scared. They're fearful of what's happening. Encourage them and say, look, yes, these things are happening, but we don't have to fear because the Lord's returning. He's coming soon. It says help the weak, and that's what we should be doing. I mean, as Christians, we are called so many times to serve. We're called to be servants. And as servants, we need to help those who are weak. We need to help those who are suffering, who do get these things. Help them in whatever way we can. And finally, we need to be patient with them all. Patience is critical. In this point in time, with all the things going on, we are going to have to be patient, particularly with people who are panicking, who are doing stupid things. And I mean, I've seen some crazy things going. We've seen people pull knives and stab others in supermarket aisles fighting over a bag of rice or a roll of toilet paper. And it's ridiculous. Be patient with them all. You know, don't do anything that's going to inflame situations. Be patient with them all. So a couple of things to consider. Have you been caught up in the fear and panic in the world over this pestilence, this COVID-19 or coronavirus? Can you see that as Christians, we are in a blessed position because our lives are in the hands of God? He's in control. And finally, can you be an encourager to others now that you know these things? Can you encourage them and build them up and help them to be strong as we go through these times? Because the unfortunate thing is we do have to go through these times, but they were decreed by the Lord. So he's in charge, he's in control, and he knows what he's doing. A couple of prayer points. Just spend a moment in prayer to ask the Lord for protection from the diseases and disasters coming upon the world as the second coming approaches. Ask also for strength and for endurance and encouragement and the ability to be able to encourage for all of the people of the Lord so that they can stand through these crises. So that's it for this session. This has been a small but important diversion, I believe, from the series I've been doing on the fruits of the Spirit. And I will be returning to that series next week when I look at the fruit of kindness. So this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off for this week. And I hope you have a safe and blessed week in the days ahead. I hope also that you'll join me again next week. May God bless you in all that you do in the week ahead. I'll see you next week.